If you're not invested in crypto yet, you better get invested. The future of money is coming, and you don't want to be like a neophyte boomer when it comes to money. It's no accident that every leader in the Red Pill Consortium is into this. This is the chance for all guys to level up in life and reach the coveted goal of financial freedom. But where do you go? You've heard there are scams out there all over the place and that some exchanges have been hacked. Where is the safest place for your hard-earned money? Crypto.com is the perfect place for new investors. Another reason many guys are still laggards when it comes to crypto is because they don't know where to buy it, or if they did, they wouldn't know how to place an order. But Crypto.com has the easiest interface to use and the most simplified trading platform in the industry. And while you're holding your crypto for the long term, you can even earn interest on it and make compounding magic go to work for you sooner because Crypto.com allows you to stake your coins to earn interest on them. And we're talking of some of the best interest rates in the world, like 10% on Polkadot, 4.5% on Bitcoin, 5.5% on Ethereum, and 6% on the platform's native coin. You think you'll get anything like that in bonds or a savings account? You're out of your mind. Open an account today at reinventideal.com slash crypto. That's reinventideal.com slash crypto. Reinvent Ideal is on today. We're going to discuss the difficult truths that dating coaches do not talk about. Because if they did, if they told you these things beforehand, you probably would not hire them as your coach. You wouldn't enlist their services. Is it possible that you're wasting your time and money and maybe even your life in pursuits that are not even worthwhile? We're going to explore that today. Warning, you are about to cross a no-bull barrier. Reinvent Ideal starts now. You're listening to Reinvent Ideal, dating and life advice for men. So you're struggling though, you need some help? The wisdom you need when you're depressed and no one cares because you're not a chick. Well, we're all enjoying our day. We're gonna lose 12 men to suicide today. Your weekly red pill prescription. It's a place for unguarded conversations to investigate with a council of men the riddles of life. With Cairo Copeland. If you haven't seen the new Matrix movie yet, I do recommend it. I do think it's great. Everybody's saying, oh no, it's woke and it's horrible. I did not get that impression from it that it had any social justice bullshit in it. But I think mainly the reason I liked it is just because it was not as disrespectful to the original trilogy as The Last Jedi and Disney Star Wars was. Because the way that they took Luke Skywalker and just completely destroyed and disrespected him, it, it was horrific. And I'm glad that they did not do that with Neo in this movie. But there was a part that kind of stood out to me in The Matrix Resurrections where Trinity, who doesn't know she's Trinity again, she's uh, been brought back to life, she doesn't know that she was Trinity in a past life, she says something about she has a family but doesn't know if she really wanted to have a husband and kids or if that was just something that the world says you're supposed to want and that's the only reason she ended up getting it, just because the world says, hey, you're supposed to want this, so go get it. Similarly, I think us as guys have that problem too, where there's goals that the world says we're supposed to have, but it's questionable if we really want them. I mean, I can remember back in high school, constantly I was made fun of for not having a girlfriend when 
Really, there wasn't anything within me compelling me to want one at that time, because I just didn't care for them back then. But they were constantly saying, oh, no, no, you're a loser unless you have one. So you got guys that are feeling like they're just not in good standing with the world unless they have a girlfriend or a wife or basically a female lawyer to advocate for us and get us in good standing with the world. But then there are also guys that they're, they're really driven towards it by the romantic ideal. They desperately do want to find love, or so they think. They're in search of that soulmate that they've been conditioned to believe exists for them. So that brings me to the first difficult truth that dating coaches won't tell you, and that's love is not really what you're hoping to find. Nine times out of ten, you're actually seeking validation. Have you ever had this happen to you where someone that you don't find attractive is attracted to you, and you still feel kind of good about it? Sweet blast of dopamine from the validation from it. But it's small because, you see, they're not attractive to you, so their desire for you has little impact. It's fleeting. Well, you see, the difficulty that we have now with dating is that you want someone that can validate you, but there comes great risk to your ego when you go out there looking for them, because you're likely to feel invalidated by the rejections that come along. You have a lot of potential partners that are pushed away, because you tell yourself the lie that it's too hard to meet someone you're compatible with and someone who's your type. But the thing is that the type that you're looking for is impossible to find because they're supposed to be someone with so much sexual market value that others aren't good enough for them. But at the same time, they need to be easily approachable for you. It's just that's not possible. That doesn't exist. You, you can't have it both ways there. And worst of all, when the relationship you end up in is based on validation, then what it provides for you, something like that is doomed to fail because the feelings a validation fade away with time. You can't continue to feel the sweetness of it from someone that you've grown familiar with. It's just like how I value the compliment of a stranger over a compliment that comes from a family member. So your only source of validation, really, it should be yourself, not anyone else. The second difficult truth that they don't tell you about is that social anxiety can only be eliminated by constantly pushing yourself into it. You've probably heard about the studies that say that the feelings of rejection are just as bad or probably even worse than physical pain. I mean, many guys, they would rather go into a war zone with live ammo being shot at them than ever have to approach a beautiful woman completely cold. But I'll tell you what, what a lot of military guys, at least the ones I've talked to, what they all say is that once you've been in enough war zones, they lose their power over you to make you afraid. And the same is true when it comes to talking to strangers and beautiful women at that. But here's the catch to it, is that, you see, cold approach, it needs to become a habit that is consistently done to the point where talking to the first hot girl you see becomes part of your nature. It's just an automatic reflex. Like I say, oh, there's a hot girl. I gotta go talk to her. Because I tell you what, it only takes a few weeks of being antisocial to put you right back to that fearful hellhole that you were in before. And the social anxiety, it comes back with this reckless vengeance makes you just as pathetic as you were before you started developing yourself, before you started doing cold approaches. And the worst part of it all is that a very small portion, maybe 20% at best, of this social fear is going to be fixed by thinking about it and the studying the subject, reading the books and learning techniques, watching the videos, even listening to this program. The remaining 80% of the fear can only be alleviated through life experience. You, you can't think you're social anxiety away 
And there's no book or program that's going to be able to do the job for you. Third difficult truth we don't talk about is that the end goal is actually never reached. It only grows. See, as you become more successful with women, your goals with them grow. The satisfaction doesn't come when you get the conversation going or you get the number, the date, the sex, or even the relationship. See, just like anything else involving humans, no matter how sweet the success is, it's never sweet enough. Here's the way that it usually starts out is you just want to be made to feel special by someone. Then it becomes wanting the date. And after that, you know, the date is not enough. You want a lot of them. And then you want the right dates. And after getting the right ones, it becomes getting them without having to put on a facade. And once this goal is accomplished, the field posts are moved further back to wanting them to fall in love with you. The lack of permanent satisfaction from success can become just as poisoning as the frustration that you get from not having any success at all. Because I'll tell you what, there's one guy that is down in Brazil. And I really feel sorry for this guy because I can tell that he's suffering and his life really is pathetic and not what he wants it to be. He's made it all about pursuing women and getting sex from them. He claims that he's slept with, I don't know, 1,300 women. And you can tell that he's still, he's not happy. You can just hear the misery in his voice. And that's because he just keeps pushing back the goalpost, and it's just constantly chasing something that you can never truly fulfill, just like chasing more money. And the way to avoid this disappointment is to just recognize human nature for what it is. You gotta realize that no woman can complete you, and you should never set that as an expectation. Women will have expectations of you that compound as the relationship progresses, so do not do the same to yourself by compounding expectations on you as well. The fourth thing, you really need to date many people. Sometimes even all at once. Because too many guys, they set off in this pursuit, going into it thinking they will find their perfect lover in the first go-around. They got all the knowledge they need from the books, the boot camps, and now it's time to go find Miss Wright. But suppose you do meet the perfect woman. Still the following issues that could arise, like maybe they had plans already set in stone to move somewhere else. And you have obligations that keep you from going with them. Not that you should ever move across the country with a woman. She can move with you, but you should not be moving with her. Because that just puts you into her frame. Maybe they're perfect for you right now. But only for who you are right now. Because you see, in time, you're going to change and you're going to become a different person. And it's far too rare for two people to grow with each other at the same rate and in the same direction and over the exact same timeline. It's more likely that you'll grow apart as each one of you becomes more of who you truly are. Or if you think about the worst that could happen. Your relationship, it's perfect and everything's going great and you're thinking, oh god, I'm so happy. Then a tragic accident occurs. Illness and even death. Or perhaps the most common thing is that when your relationship with this person progresses, you realize that there's a widespread of difference between what you believed in your head to have wanted, and what you actually desire or need. And that's why you want to optimize your options and keep what I call a book of beauty, or a rotation, a harem, or they call it spinning plates sometimes. It just means dating non-exclusively all the time, because the leads in the book will often develop themselves or close themselves out. And that is a big part of what it means to reinvent ideal, because reinvent ideal is a lifestyle practice that's all about changing what is the standard 
for the ideal male life. Reinventing ourselves as men is our best hope for reclaiming our previously held dominance, not just in the mating market, but in our lives and our place in this world in general. Because you know what we're all told to do is told, oh, go get a good job, climb the corporate ladder, and go to church on Sundays, coach Little League on Saturdays, get married right away as soon as you can, have kids early and often. I heard that. Somebody said have kids early and often. Uh, no, I'm not interested in ruining my life that early. And then they say, well, if you do all these things, you're going to live happily ever after in a suburban house with a white picket fence. But you know, we all know what happens to this guy. We know that his job ends up putting him through corporate burnout. His wife ends up fighting with him constantly and she gets fat and she stops giving him sex the kids only grow up to disrespect him because the media and the education system are constantly telling him, hey, all men are idiots, especially your father, you should never listen to him. But he has to pay for all these people and their lifestyles for the rest of his life. He spends the rest of his life working to support everyone else's dreams, except for his own, because supposedly this was his dream. But what we got to really ask ourselves is, is that really your dream? Or were you only going after those things because everybody told you that that was what you were supposed to go after? What ends up happening then is you just end up being the guy that sets himself on fire to keep everybody else warm. Spending the rest of your life working as a plow horse to pay for your wife's demands and your kids' failures. But a reinvented man's life is different. Instead of getting married and supplementing to a family that you probably don't even want. You make those things a very low priority in your life and pursue excellence and success instead. Instead of pissing away thousands of dollars on wedding expenses and family expenses and childcare, you're spending that money in developing yourself to reach your full financial potential, your full genetic potential, your full social circle potential, your full intellectual potential. And you use those gifts not just for yourself, but for the betterment of those around you. And that turns you into the man that no longer has to chase women, but the one that women start chasing and even fight over. And in many cases, they'll even choose to share that man. Because they'd rather share a quality man like that than have their own dedicated simp. So reinvent ideal is all about flipping this script and reinventing yourself to live this new ideal. And to any first-time listeners, that is what my company and this program is all about. Our body of work is all about helping men achieve this life for themselves, but we're only able to do this by staying independent of any traditional media gatekeepers. So if you like this type of content, consider making a donation at reinventideal.com support. Now, back to your weekly red pill prescription. The fifth thing that dating coaches just don't talk about is that sex won't make you happy. And that's not to get black pill or to push the MGTOW narrative that the juice isn't worth the squeeze or the view isn't worth the hike or anything. Because I'll tell you what, sex is great. For me, there's nothing more satisfying than when you've met a new woman and you bring her home with you and she starts taking off her clothes and is really getting into the idea of having sex with you and making it verbally very clear to you that she is enjoying herself. Or when she feels your arms and says, oh my gosh, you're so strong, when she's eager to get into bed with you. That's one of the greatest things ever in life. But as great as that is, it's only great in the moment. The joy that you feel from that is temporary and fleeting. I mean, can you really remember the details of each sexual experience you've had? I mean, maybe one or two details, but the euphoric feeling 
fades away. So to go into this pursuit only for the purpose of having more sex, it's only going to create a greater lack of satisfaction, just like that guy down in Brazil that claims he slept with 1,300 women. You can hear it in his voice how unhappy he is with his life. And it's not because of the sex. It's not that he had so much sex and now he's not happy with his life. It's that he made his life all about pursuing something that just isn't going to fully satisfy and make a person happy. It's just like porn, you know, believing that getting access to more of it will calm all of your anxieties and wants for more is nonsense. Because you see, once you've seen the same scene a few times, it no longer has the power on you that it once did. It can no longer satisfy you the same way it did the first time that you see it. When you watch a porn scene for the first time, that's the time that you're going to enjoy it the most. And then every subsequent viewing of that, it has less power to satisfy you. And the same goes with sex. The more you have with one person, the less impact that person can have on you in terms of validating and getting you high from sex with them. And that's not to encourage you to become a man whore having sex with as many different people as possible, but to set a realistic expectation that the sex will not give you everlasting satisfaction, so you don't want to pursue it under that premise. I say this to reduce disappointment and lessen the intensity of the urges that are driven by the male biological imperative. Sixth thing that they don't tell us here is that the paths of least rejection are some of your greatest enemies. I want to just do a whole episode on this one here, is that how when you try to put these shields against rejection, you're going to be doing greater damage to yourself here. See, everyone likes to take the path of least resistance and the easier route, but you see those roads become more crowded and it makes them more difficult. Great example of this, these dating apps. They serve as a shield against rejection because while you may get passed up, it's not in person and in your face where that's happening when you're getting passed up. And so a lot of guys flock to it because it spares them their ego and it's easier to do than cold approach. But the science is there to show that using these dating apps like Tinder, it literally is an absolute waste of your time. There was one guy that was on Tinder and he did like 1500 swipes and he only got three dates out of it. And he was a good-looking guy. He wasn't some uh, hideous incel. He was a pretty good-looking guy here, and that's what Tinder is all about. That's who it rewards. So these shields are literally wasting your time and leading to greater long-term problems, probably, if you had no use for these shields. I mean, if your fear of rejection was just completely decimated, you got an amazing superpower in your pocket now. Now, what are some of these other shields here? I mean, there's ones like uh, social media, flirting with women through private messaging on Facebook... It's just like online dating. You don't experience the rejection in person, so it hurts less. But this can also lead to greater long-term problems because if you say something that's particularly stupid or simpy, she can always screenshot that, post it, and then you're going to have your inbox filled with all these white knights and people that are quick to condemn you. Another shield that guys use as a way to avoid rejection that leads to greater problems is they go for less attractive women, maybe older women, or worst yet, they go for single mothers. Because they say, oh, a woman with a child it should be easier to get here because, you know, less men are going to be after that. Less men, don't, they don't want to become stepfathers. But me, I'm this very righteous, very pure of heart guy, and I'm willing to be the dad that stepped up instead of the stepdad. That's what uh, the trope is now, or the common canard that's being spread around is, oh, he's the dad that stepped up, not the stepdad. 
and it's mainly to encourage guys to take on this role here to serve that fempowerment mandate, that mandate that says, oh, you got to do everything that benefits a woman. Anything that benefits a woman, it needs to be encouraged. That's what the fempowerment mandate is. And when it comes to single mothers, it's telling you, oh, you guys need to just man up and marry those single mothers. And if you do, you're going to be that kid's hero, and you're doing a great service for the world. You're being Captain America here. When really, the problems that this is going to create for you as a guy are tremendous. I mean, starting with just the relationship itself, you're starting the relationship out with a concession because you're conceding the fact that, you know, hey, I'm willing to sign up for my own cuckoldry here and raise another man's kid. I'm bringing all this great stuff to the table here about myself, and all you're bringing here is another man's child. So you're starting the relationship out in a concession like that. It's going to lead to more concessions down the road. You're never going to be this woman's number one priority, because you've ever seen it on the dating profiles. Oh, my kids are my world. My kids are amazing. My kids are priority number one. So you know you're not going to be a priority. She's not going to love you the way that you hope and wish and expect to be loved. But worst of all here is that you're probably not going to have the great relationship with the kid that you want to have. You're thinking, oh, I'm going to be this kid's hero, when really the kid's just going to be like, oh, screw you, you're not my dad. And he's going to misbehave a lot and get away with it too, because you see, the mother's always going to take the kid's side, never your side, especially when it comes to discipline. Ironically, you're going to have 100% responsibility for the kid, particularly financially, but you're also going to have 0% authority over the kid when it comes to discipline. That's the thing that the Fempowerment Mandate doesn't understand or probably just doesn't care about is that you cannot be responsible if you don't have authority to exercise that responsibility. They just say, oh no, you're responsible no matter what, but uh, don't you dare tell anyone what to do. But even if you do have a good relationship with the kid, it's just double the heartbreak when the relationship ends because she's going to take that kid away and you got no legal claim to that child. And probably another shield here that a lot of guys go for so easily just because they're so afraid of rejection and this one really screws them up too is going for a long distance relationship because what you're doing now is you're just pissing away so much of your life idealizing what the relationship could be or what it should be instead of enjoying it for what it actually is it's just falling in love with someone entirely in your head and not in the real world it's like just having an imaginary friend with you all the time but you know, one that you can actually text and talk to over the phone or some other sort of screen-filtered communication. But you see, these paths of Leaf's rejection, they're going to have the least rewards for you. Maybe even instead of a reward, it will actually have a cost. Make no mistake, though, that if you take any of these methods and use it as your strategy going forward, it is going to create greater long-term problems for you. Seventh thing is that boot camps... Online courses, they're often a waste of money. These items for sale are often only for the purpose of profit, and they're designed to make you want more. Like, you go to a seminar, it may get you better results within the next few weeks at best, but to truly change your life, not even the most powerful epiphany at one of these boot camps can do that. You see, a life is only changed when the habits of that life are changed as well. And to get a great sum of success in life, much has to be spent developing the skills necessary for that success. So it's a far better bang for your buck to invest time into talking to strangers or pushing hard at the world-class gym to carve out a better physique. It's far better to invest the money in your wardrobe and your grooming, and even better, your education that will further your career. It's far better to invest that money 
into building a social circle than it is to just go to a boot camp that you think is going to solve your problem in one weekend. And speaking of social circle, that brings us to the eighth thing here is that your friends, your family, they're probably going to laugh at you. But what you don't know or what nobody's willing to tell you is that they're also lying to you. Your friends and your family, they're not going to help you. And the advice that they give you is as good as lies. I mean, you've seen the immense effort that's constantly being made to convince even the most plain or even the ugliest girls that they're beautiful. They constantly say this shit like, oh, big is beautiful or love your curves, girl. There's conventions in place to protect women's egos. And it's a lie. Everyone knows that it's a lie. Everyone proclaiming it. They know that what they're doing. They just don't have the resolve to tell the truth. It's not profitable to tell the truth or they love themselves more than they love the other person. I'll tell you, here's what that what I mean by that is that my sister was a complete freeloader loser, abusing the welfare system, and also mooched off my parents and drove them into poverty as well. And this happened to when we were when we both became adults, me and my sister, and I told my parents, like, hey, cut her off. You need to cut her off cold turkey. That's your only way that you're gonna solve this problem and get her to stop fucking up her life and to become a self-supporting person. And I can remember my mother in her common stupidity saying, Oh no, I could never do that because I love my daughter. And I just immediately remember thinking, no, you don't love your daughter. You love yourself more than you love her because you don't want to put yourself through the pain of having a difficult conversation with her. Like saying, uh, hey, uh, honey, you need to get your shit together. We're kicking you out. You're on your own. It's a difficult thing to do. And if you loved your daughter, you would do it. But you don't. And we face this problem all the time when it comes to the advice you hear from uh, friends and family. Especially dating advice. Any dating advice you get from family and from friends, a lot of it you can just throw in the trash. I mean, you gotta ask yourself, is your mom successful? Is your dad successful? If not... There's no reason to listen to them. The same with your friends. Are they successful? Are they living the life that you want to live? Would you trade lives with any of them? If not, then there's no advice they can give you that's any good. Because a person that is advising you, that is teaching you, that is coaching you, that is your mentor, they can only take you as far as they themselves have gone. They can't teach you to become better than them. So if they're not in a better position than you, there's not any reason for you to listen to them. And you know what your family is going to tell you. They're going to tell you shit like, oh, you're perfect the way you are. You're a good man. Just keep doing you and the right woman will come along. You'll meet her someday. Now, here's the things that you really need to hear. And this is something that if your coach is a good coach, then they're going to tell you this. And that's, you know, you never go out and meet people. So what do you expect? I mean, I hear this all the time from guys. They're just like, oh, I'm just not having any luck with women. Okay, how often are you going out and meeting women? Oh, uh, once a month. Once a month. Uh-huh. And how many uh, women have you, have you talked to this month? Oh, uh, just two. Well, what the hell do you expect? And you cower at the sight of an attractive woman. What's she supposed to do? Come talk to you while you hide in a corner? And when you're around someone you like, you always play it safe and put yourself in the friend zone, only to be disappointed later when you can't get out of it. Or maybe you come across as creepy because you're ashamed of your sexual desires, despite the fact there's no reason to be, but you get nervous and awkward. So each interaction is made weird. You really do need to have a guy watch you talk to women, and a guy that's good with women talk to, uh, watch you talk to women, because they can point out to you what you'll never see in yourself. They can see where you're going wrong. An outsider has that ability to show you, hey, 
I was watching you here and I saw that you do this here. You might not even know that you're doing that, but you know, that's really working against you. Instead of telling you these things, family and friends, all they, they tell you is that, oh, you're just perfect the way you are. And that someday the right woman will see you for that. As if it takes some deep gypsy empath power to see someone for who they truly are. And I can understand that this journey is difficult enough for you already because everybody is inherently embarrassed to admit that they need help in this area, particularly guys. I mean, there's this societal catch-22 in this matter that as a man, you're expected to know how to interact with women successfully, but when you don't and you seek help, you're shamed for it. You're supposed to know just from coming out of the womb. You're supposed to just get it. That's what all the women say is they, they want the guy that, that just gets it. So you're, you're supposed to understand women inside out without anybody teaching you. And if you don't, and you want to learn, and you want to just get it, you're shamed for seeking that information out. No, 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 no. You shouldn't have to seek that out. You should just get it. You should just be born knowing how women work. And if you don't, then what are you supposed to do? You're supposed to do what? Just fuck off and die? We're supposed to just hang ourselves? Apparently so, because that's the way that they treat us. So quite often, guys are going to hide the fact that they're working on this area of their life. And who could blame them? Who can blame them? I mean, there's a confidentiality agreement whenever a guy signs up for coaching with me that nobody is going to know about the fact that you're getting my help, and nobody is going to know what you and I talk about. No one will ever know about it. But in the pursuit of greatness, you just always got to remember that some friends will want you to do well, and they'll all mean well. Yeah, even family, they all mean well and everything. Yeah, some will be uh, rooting against you, but there are going to be some that will want you to do well, but never better than them. So a lot of these things that you need to do to improve your life, a lot of them you'll be doing alone, and you'll be spending a lot of time alone. But that's alright, because it's better to be alone than to be just another crab in the bucket. And that is it for us today. Hope this has been helpful. If there's anything that is on your mind, anything you're particularly struggling with right now, you can always go to reinventideal.com, send me an email on the contact page there, or just email me at cairo at reinventideal.com. Let me know what currently is something you're struggling with right now, and see if we can devote a whole episode to that. And please remember that the bowl gets blocked right here, because I am my brother's keeper, and I got your back. Thank you for listening to Reinvent Ideal with Cairo Copeland, your weekly red pill prescription. See more at reinventideal.com. Man's Guide to Making Male Friends. Cultivating male friendship and making friends as an adult for men. What if you weren't the only guy that had trouble finding quality guy friends and keeping them in your life? More than likely, you're not. Heterosexual males today are the loneliest demographic. Tragically, they are the ones that would benefit the most from friendship as they suffer from higher cases of depression and suicide. But isn't it just so awkward to go talk to another guy you don't know and try to be his friend? Sometimes, doesn't it make you feel girly to want to be closer to other guys? You're not alone. But what should men do? This book will show you how to fill this void in your life without awkwardness, looking silly, feeling gay, or embarrassing yourself. In the book, I will show you where to find high-quality men to befriend, the scientific formula that forges loyal friendships, a set of standards to ensure depth to your relationships, overcoming social barriers, optimally prioritizing and organizing the people in your life, and what a male friend can do for you that a woman cannot, not even your girlfriend. I will outline solid methods and practical advice for the lonely forgotten man. 
to expand his social circle. A better life with brotherhood is just a click away. Man's Guide to Making Male Friends. Get your copy today at reinventideal.com slash friends. That's reinventideal.com slash friends.